We're now doing News Plus Sports. There's no orange man bad, war good, uniparty mantra here. Red Pill Plus. Red Pill Plus. Sports Plus News. Done right. Welcome to the Red Pill Plus podcast. So thankful that you joined us tonight uh, or today or whatever time it is uh, all across the United States. Also in uh, about, uh, what, 12 countries now. So, so thankfully for each and every one of you here at the Red Pill Plus podcast, we are brought to you by MyPillow.com. Don't forget to use that promo code RED. Also, we are brought to you by Red River Auto. That's redriverauto.com, and we appreciate both of our sponsors and uh, some other sponsors that we uh, use on some uh, other shows as well. So a uh, big thank you to each and every one of you. Uh, got a couple of sponsors that we're actually working on right now, and uh, we'll be talking about that in the coming days. And uh, hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope everything went well for you. And uh, looking forward to a great show tonight. We're going to be talking about the coaching carousel carousel going hog wild. And I think probably the lead story of the, and we were speaking of college football uh, coaching carousel. And so uh, I think the lead story for for us here in Little Rock especially is former head coach, who is three-year head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, Bobby Petrino, uh, who you may uh, may or may not remember had the debacle of the affair with a volleyball uh, t- uh, coach, female volleyball coach. Uh, they're, I think, being chased, from what we understood, uh, on a motorcycle by her boyfriend or husband. Uh, they wrecked the motorcycle. They're scratched up pretty good. Bobby Petrino comes to a the press conference with a neck brace on and all scratched up. And uh, that's where when he resigned as the head football coach. Uh, one, I know he won 10 games one year, 11 the next. I can't remember that first year, but he had a really, really great run the, the short uh, time that he was here. So Sam Pittman, in desperation of resurrecting the offense of the Arkansas Razorbacks, has brought in – and which is unheard of, but has signed former head coach Bobby Petrino, who was at Texas A&M. He'd fallen on hard times of late. If you remember, he was at Louisville, I think way back at South or North Dakota, did real well there. Uh, maybe Bowling Green. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. Some of the smaller schools. Then went to Louisville, had a great tenure in Louisville the first time. Uh, then from Louisville to the NFL, uh, had a real 
real tumultuous uh, departure there. Just left the Falcons. Wasn't going well. Left the Falcons. Came to the Razorbacks. Had a great tenure with the Razorbacks till uh, the affair and all that happened. And so from there, he uh, goes to like Western Kentucky. Then he went went to like Missouri State. Neither those none of those worked out very well for him. Went back to Louisville. And uh, it was a debacle. wasn't wasn't good at all. Uh, went to A and M this last year, and uh, I think they were better. They were definitely not good, but they had. I think they were on their third string quarterback by the, by the end of the year when they played the LSU last game of the year. Still scored thirty points. Of course, anybody scored thirty points. My grandmother, if she was still living, God rest her soul, uh, would score thirty points on the LSU defense. But nonetheless. Uh, there's teams that didn't, which is really a conundrum. Uh, but Bob Petrino's offense did at Texas A&M on it with a third-string quarterback, which either speaks to how deplorable the LSU defense was and is or to some semblance of competency on Bob Petrino's half. But anyway, nonetheless, he's now the offensive coordinator. It's definitely a Hail Mary by Sam Pittman. And so we'll see how it works out. I think there's a lot of optimism that he'll get it going. He typically is a pretty good uh, recruiter just because he has really good offenses, typically. Uh, you have to have talent, you know, and I think that was his problem at Missouri State. That was his problem at uh, Western Kentucky, uh, probably Louisville the second time. And uh, so I think, you know, while Arkansas doesn't have the best talent, but because they are SEC team, they are making – uh, some headway in the NIL space, uh, name, in, uh, image, and likeness, uh, and be able to pay players. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I uh, think they'll have, they'll definitely have better players than they've had in the past. And then with Bobby Petrino. So I, I think Bobby Petrino actually is probably good for uh, whether they win four games, three games this year, something like that. I, I think he's definitely good for, uh, I think three extra wins. So I think they could get back to six six to eight wins uh next year uh and would not be um would would not be a um a stretch at all. There was a I think this is like the one of the D C comics and uh and this is a cut and it's saying twelve years <laughs> Twelve years later, Bob Petrino has the last laugh. Uh, so listen to this. Here we go over. Uh, and uh, they were using the DC comic, and a lot of you would know that uh, inference. I'm not as familiar with the uh, Avengers and and those. It's the the guy, the bald headed guy with the goatee, this huge wears the armor. But I, and you probably recognize his voice. But nonetheless, another huge uh, piece of news is, and I don't know how. Re- reliable this is. I don't know if it's uh, to be believed or not, but it's definitely a, a lot of talk about it. And there is some history there to 
give some credence to it, but there is, you know, that uh, uh, John Gruden is being considered for coach at uh, University of Indiana. Uh, they uh, recently got rid of uh, Allen, uh, the coach uh, in um, at Indiana, and so uh, that the and I think Gruden maybe grew up there or had some maybe uh, assistant coach there years and years ago. Of course, John Gruden fell on hard times. He went back with the Raiders. Uh, and there was some somebody who didn't like him uh, leaked and uh, some recordings or maybe emails where he had used some racial slurs. And uh, so that was the end of that. Uh, most people are saying they just can't believe because Indiana is super liberal. Bloomington is just, you know, they're so far left, their brain barely stays in their head. Uh, so a lot of people are having tr- trouble believing that uh, just the environment there would ever allow him to uh, to uh, coach there, that the students would just revolt and it would be a big mess. Uh, some other names that are being mentioned to replace uh, Tom Allen, that's, I couldn't think of his first name, is uh, some that you won't, I, at least I haven't. South Alabama's Kane Womack. Uh, of course, I've heard about uh, the offense coordinator of, of Alabama, uh, Tommy Reese. I don't see that happening. If you'll notice, most of the guys, uh, Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian, uh, 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 Bill O'Brien, uh, some of those, a lot of the guys that have that have coached Day, Day Ball, that have coached at uh, Bama. Uh, they don't normally leave for what I would call a second tier, even though it's a Big Ten job. We're talking about Indiana now. Uh, they just they don't normally leave Bama for you know the likes of Indiana, even though it'd be a probably a I don't know five to six million dollar a year job. Uh, and Tommy Reese is probably making a million dollars, million and a half a year, maybe two million max. I don't think he's making that much. But he's done a great job, Tommy Reese has. A uh, former quarterback for Notre Dame uh, was Brian Kelly's uh, offensive coordinator when he was at uh, Notre Dame and actually, I think, had an agreement with Brian Kelly to come with him to LSU uh, and instead uh, stayed at uh, Notre Dame and then later was uh, lured away by... Nick Saban to Alabama and done very well, uh, done very well this um, this year with uh, Milrose. Uh, so also Ohio State offensive line coach Justin Fry, uh, and so but the big the big wild card is uh, candidate is definitely John Gruden. So we'll see we'll see what happens. That'll be fascinating just to. Find out. Here's one that uh, I didn't even have on my list, but I, I think it's worth uh, talking about tonight. And that is, uh, I, I think it is very, very possible. I don't think you're going to hear anything about it until after the uh, playoffs, the college football playoffs are over. But I think you're going to see, uh, and, and I predict probably to the, um, what, Carolina Panthers, 
uh, and I want to talk about the Panthers here in a minute, even though it's it's NFL, we're going to be talking mostly college football, coaching carousel. Uh, and that is, I, I believe Jim Harbaugh, this is the year Jim Harbaugh goes back to uh, the NFL. Uh, I think I could see him going to the Saints. I could see him going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, there's a couple of other jobs. I'm trying to think uh, that he may, if the Chargers made a, made a change, I think that's a job he really has his eye on is the Chargers. Uh, but I think the Panthers would, would move heaven and earth to try to get him. Um, so here's what I think is fascinating. And we'll circle back around to it because what I'd like to talk about is how uh, likely is that scenario of, uh, of, of him, leave, Jim Harbaugh, leaving Michigan. Uh, but I think there's so much there with what's happened with the cheating. I think... Uh, the the way he and their board of regents got sideways and remember he reduced his salary way back and now he's rubbing it in their face by you know beating Ohio State what now three or four years in a row um, so you know he he can go out on top I think if he definitely wins the national championship he's gone I think if he's um, you know and he'll they'll definitely unless they just lay an egg uh, against Iowa. On Saturday, um, I think they'll definitely be in the. They will be in the college uh, football playoffs. Uh, I don't think they're that good. Uh, I, I always say, and it's probably a bias on my part, but I always feel like Michigan and Ohio State are way overrated personally, uh, and and probably Michigan is much or more than Ohio State. I, I really do. Uh, also. Um, I'd like to circle back, though, and talk about who are some possible, A, where would he go, B, who are some possible replacements. I think the Redskins is another one, uh, team, the Panthers, maybe the Saints. Uh, I, don't think, I think the Cardinals can probably give their new coach another year or two, even though they're pretty dismal. They're playing pretty poorly. Um, so anyway, uh, fascinating stuff there. Also, Frank Reich, uh, uh, was or, or right was um, let go with the Panthers. If I was Frank, you know, I heard I read where Frank Reich said he's done with coaching. He, you know, he's I think he's my age, sixty two, something like that. Uh, if you remember, Frank Reich played quarterback, I believe, way back in the day uh, for the Buffalo Bills, and you know was a journeyman uh, backup quarterback, uh, pretty good quarterback actually uh, in the NFL. Then went on to coach the Colts. Uh, was a offensive coordinator for several years, head coach of the Colts, had a little bit of success early on, uh, was, I think, offensive coordinator with the Eagles uh, with uh, when Carson, uh, Carson Wentz was there, then got the job with the Bills, maybe offensive coordinator there, uh, had, uh, no, 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 uh, somewhere else. Anyway, Ends up going to the Colts and got Carson once again. That didn't go so well. Then, uh, and it may have been under Peterson that he was offensive coordinator uh, when when Peterson was at the Eagles. Oh, by the way, Peterson is showing you the kind of coach he is uh, with Jacksonville, uh, and they're they're the, they're winning their division, and uh, they they look really really good, uh, and uh, think they're just. Uh, I think they're just scratching the surface. Uh, 
but uh, I, I wouldn't beat myself up if I were Frank Wright uh, just because, I mean, come on, Carolina has had seven, counting the interim coaches, had seven coaches in six years. And uh, and with all the interims, they've had three head coaches in six years, so average two years each. Frank Wright didn't even make it uh, a full year. He made it, what, uh, 11, 12 games and uh, was let go. Uh, their, their problem is, yeah. And also another thing a lot of people don't know about Frank Wright was when he was hired, he was pushing for them to draft C.J. Stroud, and they took – uh, Bryce Young instead. I, I don't really think it would matter. Uh, would, but I think if C.J. Stroud was in that offense with that offensive line at Carolina, he would have, be having the same problems. I think you put a good offensive line, and probably you got to move Bryce Young a little bit. You got to be a little more creative, not just let him sit back there, uh, and and build a better running game. But obviously, you got to get a lot better. Offensive line. So I think the biggest problem is not the coach. It's the offensive line there at Carolina. So Frank Wright, great guy. I'm going to try to have him on the show. I really, really like him. And so I would really like to uh, see him uh, or, or hear from him. Also, uh, Red Warrior Hugh Jackson, former Cleveland Browns uh, coach who was at Graham State for a couple of years. That's my old stomping grounds around Monroe, West Monroe area. Was um, was let go. Uh, you know, Graham is really. I think Doug Williams had a modicum of success there, uh, but no one really since Eddie Robinson is really. I mean, Gramlin is is a. I mean, it's it's a hole in the wall. I mean, Ruston's a town of forty, thirty, forty thousand, maybe thirty thousand. University of Town, Louisiana Tech's there. Gramlin is a suburb, uh, if if you can imagine that, of Ruston. I mean, it's just a hole in the wall. There's nothing there. Real, uh, real deplorable facilities, and uh, unless they, and I'm sure they've done some upgrading, but it, I mean, it looked like a, it didn't look even a, you know, a, a, a great high school as far as facilities. Um, so. Very few people have done been able to do quite a bit, uh, do much there. Uh, was it Dante Culpepper, uh, wide receiver? I think he may have gone back there and coached. For some reason, he's my he he comes to mind. Uh, also, maybe Harris, former Rams quarterback, uh, maybe uh, coached there. Uh, that I know for sure that uh, Doug Williams, former Redskins, not to be confused with the Commanders, was uh, actually one of the same. But uh, coach there had had a little bit of success. Uh, but anyway, Hugh Jackson out at Grambling. Uh, you got other jobs that uh, that are open, uh, like Duke. You had Mike Elko. Leave Duke and go to A&M. Is Mike Elko the most Aggie-looking coach? I mean, it's sort of like if if you took the word Aggie and drew a composite of a individual, uh, it would be Mike Elko. Uh, and if not Mike Elko, the the uh, the AD there, uh, 
I mean, they just they look like Aggies. And I think actually Mike Elko is not a bad hire. I think, you know, if he gets the offensive coordinator right, he's going to have to get that right. I mean, that's going to be a, you know, um, he'll have to get that right. But um, I, I think they missed it. I really do. I think uh, – and that was a debacle. And I know there's a lot of been talked – there's a lot been said about that, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. But it was – I just thought it was fascinating that uh, – the athletic director and the uh, well, the athletic director and I think his little committee was really settled on Mark Stoops, uh, Kentucky's coach, because he had a lot more experience. He had ten years, eight to ten years, I think ten years of, of coaching there, a decade at uh, Kentucky, done quite well. You know, Kentucky just hadn't been a very good football program in years, and Mark Stoops had really. Brought them back, not to the top, but definitely made them competitive again, at least somewhat competitive, which was a huge departure from what they'd been before. And so that's really who he was looking at, you know. And I think made him an offer, and Mark Stoops accepted uh, is is the word. Uh, And because he took a guy – he took Mike Elko with 10 years' experience, who is Mark Stoops. And, well, the fan base, when they started leaking out, somebody leaked it out. They didn't like it, I'm sure, one of the regents. Well, they got a huge backlash. So they go back and they hire Mike Elko instead. Uh, That may come back to bite them. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think Mike Elko or Mark Stoops was the guy for that job. I think the guy for that job was Jeff Trailer at University of Texas at San Antonio. I think Jeff Trailer was the guy. I think they'll look back. Jeff Trailer will get a job. He, I don't. I don't know if he will go to Houston. I've been hearing that. You know, he's at uh, again University of Texas at San Antonio, which is you know he's he's resurrected them, made them really really competitive. They lost Tulane uh, to see who went to the uh, Conference USA uh, championship, but I mean, and, and was pretty competitive in that game. Uh, but Dana Hogerson was. A former West Virginia uh, coach was uh, at Houston, what, four years, three years, and uh, just just never turned it around. And so uh, Houston's fired Dana Hogerson. And, uh, you know, there's been some talk that perhaps uh, it might be, um, uh, you know, he might go there, uh, Jeff Trailer, uh, former longtime icon of a high school football coach, I think won like six or seven state championships uh, in uh, Texas, is beloved and, and just a hero of, of Texas high school football coaches. And uh, I think, I, I really believe Texas A&M missed a huge, huge opportunity. Uh, and and I think, I think what drove that was Mike Elko and – Mark Stoops were in their mind names, uh, and and they were never going to get you know a, a Urban Meyer and some of those names they were trying to hoping they could get, which is really strange because they're probably the wealthiest program money wise NIL and so forth uh, in college football, you know phenomenal facilities, I mean phenomenal fan base. Uh, anything and everything that you would want, but just have never won. And teams that have never won 
it's hard for them to start winning. You could have won 10 years ago and you can bring it back. When you've never won, you, you've not won even a, a division, you've not won your conference, uh, you've not won an SEC, SEC championship in 35 years, you've not won your conference in, uh, it's been a while, I would say 15, 20 years. Uh, you know, but you, you better have something more than a name. You better have something more than the guy that, you know, a tenure, a, a coach uh, that, you know, brought a team from, uh, you know, three and nine or three and eight to, you know, six and six. You, you better, you better bring it. And I think Jeff Trailer was their opportunity. And I think it was just, um, it, it was just wanting a little more of a name. And the thing is, Mark Stoops is not a name. I mean, yeah, people know who he is, but nobody's, you know, fawning over Mark Stoops, nor are they fawning over Mike Elko, who's a great defensive coach, make no mistake about it. I, I think they missed because of his, uh, his attention to detail, his relationship with uh, coaches in in uh, Texas high school, uh, then the program he's built at University of Texas San Antonio. I think Jeff Trailer was the guy. They missed it, uh, and I think probably the second to Jeff Trailer was probably Mark Stoops, and they let the which you never do that. You never let the fan base dictate who you're going to uh, hire, especially when you've already, you know, you've already committed to a guy. And then they go with Mike Elko. I I I I don't think it's gonna go well. I do. I think he's a great coach. I just think for some reason Texas A&M is really really a difficult place to win. And ironically, I think the reason it's such a difficult place to win is because the um, the the higher ups, the alums, the the money people will not stay out of the coach's business, and that's been real do well documented. And ironically, in this coaching search, that is exactly what happened. I, I would not be surprised if Jeff Trailer was not the first choice. And they said, no, no, you're, you're not hiring Jeff Trailer. We're not We're put, not putting up $7 million a year for him. Uh, no, you go get Mark Stoops. So then they sign Mark Stoops, or not sign him, but they agree in principle to a deal with Mark Stoops. And then the fan base starts pushing back. And so they... So so they're already in it. They're already in the kitchen and, you know, throwing stuff in the pot. And and uh, so no no telling what this uh, recipe will end up being. But nonetheless, uh, you have, uh, let's say you got uh, Duke, Houston, Indiana, New Mexico. Billy Gonzalez was at New Mexico. Uh, and they finished the year real strong, but just not enough. Syracuse. Uh, was that uh, Dana uh, Dana Babers? Was it Syracuse? I believe the defensive back coach, Fran Weeks, maybe, uh, at Georgia is going to Syracuse, Boise State. Uh, let their coach go, San Diego. Uh, that was a former West Virginia coach, former um, Michigan coach, and then my name uh, – his his name just escapes me, but uh, was at San Diego State and is retiring actually this year. Uh, was not fired, but it, they they didn't do well, 
And so uh, they just built a new stadium. I believe it's a phenomenal, phenomenal opportunity uh, for somebody. Uh, then Northwestern, you know, went with David Braun, who was actually uh, Pat Fitzgerald's assistant there at Northwestern in Chicago. And finished the year, I think, six games in a row. They won Michigan State, uh, hired Jonathan Smith from Oregon State. Uh, you know, that's a travesty. Morgan, Oregon State, he really turned them around. He was That was his alma mater. He played quarterback at Oregon State. Uh, they and Washington State were not included uh, in the invitation to the Big Ten, so they were left out in the cold. Uh, and and then maybe they did get invitation, they just didn't take it, or they just weren't invited. I think Oregon was invited, not Oregon State, and I think Washington was invited, not Washington State. I think that's how it went. Um, and so, you know, you you basically have the Pac-12, who's no more. They they they're done after the championship game, and and ironically, the the Pac-12 had their best year, probably if not in the history of the Pac-12. In, in 20 years, they had their best year ever. And then their very best year as a conference uh, and probably better teams top to bottom and real competitive, very, very uh, compelling. Uh, USC was down, uh, the Bruins were down at UCLA. But other than that, you had, um, you know, you had uh, Oregon's really good. You had, you know, far, for what it is, uh, not I don't know nationally so much. Then you you had Washington, who's really good. Washington State was you know decent. Uh, weren't they were not bad. Uh, then you had um, let's see, uh, Arizona's great. Arizona could have very well uh, you know could have very well won. Uh, I think they only had two losses. Maybe one conference loss. They were nine and nine and two uh, for the year. Uh, Jed Fish did a phenomenal job there. Um, Michigan State, like I said, hired John Smith. Mississippi State hired. If you hadn't heard that, Mississippi State hired uh, Oklahoma's offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, uh, Levy, who was with actually Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, so he knows uh, the lay of the land. As I mentioned. Texas A&M has hired Mike Elko. And then Oregon State, uh, when they lost John Smith, they took defensive coordinator, their president defensive coordinator, Trent Bray. Uh, fascinating thing that I found, uh, the, the, uh, I saw this on X, was uh, that the 49ers, next five games, they're calling it the Bird Gauntlet. They played the Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, Cardinals, and Ravens. So their next five games are, are uh, a foul as the mascot. Found that is uh, super, super fascinating. Um, also wanted to uh, add a couple more uh, coaches. Oh, I was kind of looking at what, what would happen with uh, Duke, uh, you know, and uh, I, I don't think you'll see someone, one I don't think, Duke is it's a job for a guy. Oh, oh, I know uh, Signetti, uh, that James Madison, James Madison coach, is being is being kind of bounced around there at uh, Duke uh, from James Madison. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so anyway, that's um, that's kind of the 
coaching carousel. I did want to talk about the Pac-12 for just a minute, uh, you know, and, and kind of talk about what would be the, uh, you know, what would be the best fix. You got you got uh, Oregon State, you got Washington State. Uh, you know, they could go to the Mountain West. That that's a possibility. Um, you know, man, I, I just think the Pac-12 really, really overplayed. You know, they were waiting from all reports I've read. They were waiting on a better holding out for a better TV contract. So while they're holding out for a better TV contract, these teams like Oregon, uh, Washington, uh, Oregon, Washington, uh, who some others, um, all um, USC. Uh, all these going to the Big Ten, uh, they begin to get nervous. So the Big Ten starts, you know, courting them, and they bail. And then it kind of caused a really an avalanche and had a mass exodus. So you go from being, you know, the premier league really after eight o'clock, or the only league, which I thought was always a plus. A lot of people look at it as a negative because you couldn't, the whole nation couldn't watch. But, like, I always watch Pac-12 football on Saturday nights. I, I enjoyed it because all the football is over, and you basically have uh, the eyeballs that are left, even though it's not par, uh, prime time, all the eyeballs that are left, you have them to yourself. You don't have any competition. And I think if you'd had a more creative, innovative commissioner that could have uh, maybe an ex, um, ex-TV executive, and they may have, may have had one, uh, but I just felt like you could actually lean in instead of running away from that, you know, after dark or past prime time uh, time slots. Instead of running away from that, is actually lean into it and make it your calling card. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, then again, the Big Ten poaches uh, their best teams, and uh, they're no longer a conference. So. We'll see how that goes. It'd be fascinating. You got Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC next year. They'll do away with the East and West Division, and uh, it'll all be kind of interdivisional uh, games, except for their uh, their you know games outside of outside of the conference play. Uh, so that's that's fascinating. So uh, uh, let's let's kind of focus on the. Championship games, you got the SEC was Alabama against Georgia. You know, you yeah, I think Alabama's. I mean, Georgia is uh, five. Uh, I think a five point uh, favorite there. Uh, I, I think Alabama could beat them the way they're playing. Uh, I just think they can't make the mistakes they made against Auburn and still beat them. Uh, they got to be pretty flawless. Their defense, Alabama's defense, is definitely not as good as it's been in times past. It's, it's good. It's just not as dominant. And then their offense uh, is playing so much better. Uh, here's the thing, and, and remember this, Georgia has not been challenged. Georgia has not been challenged all year. No one, they have, I, I hadn't even looked it up, their schedule is one of the weakest schedules, if not the weakest in the SEC for sure, uh, but probably probably on down the line nationally. Despite playing in the SEC, they just had a you know 
I mean, a cupcake of a schedule. They really did. So uh, Alabama will be the best team they've played by far. Uh, so I, I think it'll be fascinating. I think it could be. I think uh, if there's a year that Saban could come back and catch Georgia napping, it, this may be the year. Uh, so uh, then Conference USA, I think it's a great uh, lineup with uh, one SMU and Tulane. Uh, Tulane, as uh, Willie Fritz has done a phenomenal job at Tulane. A lot of people feel like he's going to get an opportunity. You might see, uh, you might see Willie Fritz at Indiana uh, again. That's a big. It's. I think that job is a good job. It's just, uh, and Tom Allen did pretty decent there. You know, he had Michael Penix actually at uh, Indiana. I don't know if a lot of people actually know that. Uh, but, yeah, Michael Penix actually was at Indiana. It was really good. And then was uh, entered the portal and ended up with the uh, beer or DeBoer, uh, coach of Washington. And uh, he's a talent. He's good. So be fascinating to see uh, what happens there between uh, Alabama, Georgia, and then uh, – Kind of see what happens. Uh, does Willie Fritz or somebody like him get a chance at Indiana? Willie Fritz has won. Willie, Willie Fritz, Fritz has won everywhere he's gone. As has Zalebowitz uh, at Kansas, done real well. No matter where he is, as well. Uh, other conferences, the Big Ten. I, I don't. I just can't see Iowa. They can't score. I can't see Iowa staying with Michigan. Um, I think Michigan wins that. Would I love for Iowa to upset them 100%? Just don't see that happening. Um, let's see, the Mountain West. Is that going to be Fresno State? And uh, who would it be? Fresno State. And Well, let's move to the Pac-12. That's uh, Oregon and Washington. And, uh, you know, it's just hard to beat a team two times, and Washington's already beat them in a highly competitive game. Uh, and, yeah, could could Washington beat them again? Sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't see that happening. I hope so, and I hope Bo Nix has a horrible game because he's not near the talent, in my opinion, and it's biased, I know, uh, of Jalen Jaden Daniels. But uh, – but if he has a great game and they beat Washington handily or beat him at all and he has a good game, I, I, I think he's probably the Heisman Trophy winner. And I think it'll be probably one of the most uh, miscarriages of, of uh, fairness uh, ever. And it's simply because Jaden Daniels, the defense for LSU, let him down. And, you know, they lost three ball games. They easily could be 10-0 and 0, uh, with that offense, but their defense is just so incredibly horrible. <coughs> Please excuse me. Um, can't tackle, you know, missed assignments over and over and over and over, playing way off. The linebackers playing way back to compensate for the defensive, terrible defensive backfield. So everything gets thrown in front of them uh, constantly and uh, can't get off the field on third down. 
I think at one time A&M had 9 out of 12 conversions on third down. It's just the most horrendous thing I've seen. In the Alabama game, I think at one time Alabama was 11 or 12 for 13 on third down. It didn't matter if it was third and 400 or third and three that every time. Same thing with the A&M game. Three and 13, done. Three and 16, done. Three and 12, go for it. Three and four, we got you. I mean, just zero resistance on third down. Beat all I've ever seen. All I've ever seen. So, um, let's see. Mountain West, I know it's Fresno State and... Excuse me, take a quick drink. Um, man, uh, I cannot for the life of me. Let me look at that up. Uh, Conference Championship weekend. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I, I like to go through all of them. Then I like to close out with the Heisman. Uh, and I got a very biased uh, viewpoint on that, uh, on that particular race. But I, don't, I just don't think it's close, man. I don't think... Uh, Jaden Daniels is number one in QB rating in the nation, number one in uh, uh, yards per play, uh, number one uh, Russian quarterback, uh, and uh, two or three other categories. He's, he's yeah. let's see. But he's he's number one just over and over and over. Um, let's see. Okay, college football conference championships. Uh, let's see who we got. Okay, we got. Uh, well, that's a terrible graphic. Uh, uh, hope you didn't eat too much for Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good one. Got to visit with your families and so forth. Uh, we had a great time. It was, it was good. It was good. Went to Louisiana and uh, had a great time. Um, Christmas just what three and a half weeks uh, away, something like that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, here we go. Uh, college football conference championship games. Uh, there are eleven conference championship games. Uh, schedule kicks off on Friday. December the 1st with Pac-12 championship game. Of course, that is Washington and uh, Oregon. Uh, you got the Conference USA. Uh, I misspoke. That was American Conference. I mentioned about uh, Tulane and um, SMU. Conference USA is New Mexico State and Liberty. Uh, Liberty is coached, you know, by, by uh, Jamie Chatwell, who was at Coastal Carolina went to Liberty when Hugh Freeze went to Auburn. And uh, he's got them at 12-0. and 0. New Mexico State is balling. Jerry Keel, man, they are. Uh, Jamie Chatwell and Liberty is very finesse, very, you know, high-octane, uh, very well-disciplined. But, man, Jerry Keel, former Minnesota coach, is now at New Mexico State. And, man, they are physical. I mean, they, they are physical. And uh, th that'll be a good game. I, I would not be surprised if New Mexico State doesn't win that game just because they are, you know, you, typically playoff games, are, the winner is the, if the talent is somewhat equal, typically the more physical team. Some way in the NBA, some way in the NFL, 
it's something about playoffs. The game slows down. It's 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 more defense, defense, and uh, execution oriented. Uh, because I think the the uh, room for error is smaller. Is is why in the playoffs. So I think teams that don't turn the ball over, teams that play good defense, teams that are efficient, not necessarily extraordinary on offense, uh, make the difference. Then you've got the Pac-12 championship uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern is on CBS is New Mexico State Liberty and Conference USA. You had Oregon and Washington, number five against number three, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. That's going to be played in Las Vegas. And uh, the uh, Conference USA Championships are being played in Lynchburg, Virginia. That's actually a home, home game for Liberty. That's interesting. Then on Saturday, you have, uh, yeah, the Big 12 game, Oklahoma State, Texas. I would not be surprised whatsoever if Oklahoma State doesn't uh, surprise Texas. Uh, Oklahoma State, man, they, they lost one game 45-3, to then come back and upset uh, somebody, I can't remember who it was, maybe Oklahoma. Uh, they, they did. They lost 45-3, to come back and beat Oklahoma the next week. Unbelievable. Uh, but Oklahoma State versus Texas, I think that could get interesting. Then you've got the MAC, uh, Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. Uh, you got the Mountain West, and it's Boise State against UNLV. I didn't know that. I think Boise State was on like 7-6 and six or, I mean, 6-6 six and six or something like that. UNLV had a real good year. Uh, lost the last game of the year, and it was quite a upset. Uh, was it, um, man, was it like San Jose State or somebody that just, you know, it was unbelievable. You got uh, American Conferences, SMU at Tulane. You got the SEC, uh, Georgia against Alabama. Sunbelt, App State against Troy. Uh, then the SWAC, you got Prairie, uh, Prairie Valley. Uh, A&M against Florida A&M. Uh, then the ACC, you got Louisville versus Florida State. The Big Ten is Iowa versus Michigan. So be fascinating to find out uh, what what happens uh, in that. So let's, let's wrap this up tonight and uh, talk just for a moment about the Heisman. I don't, I don't think it's even close. Uh, I think Jaden Daniels is by far uh, the best player in – college football, and I really, really hope that uh, that he wins it. I, I remember watching him at Arizona State, and I was thinking, man, this guy is the real deal. Uh, but uh, total uh, QBR with a 95 rating, uh, first in the nation. Uh, total yards per game, 417, first in the nation. Uh, to- uh, TD's responsible for most of the nation, number one, 46. Yards rushing uh, per carry is eight uh, eight uh, yards per carry, first in the nation. Um, so I, I don't think it's even close, but we'll see what happens. Uh, hey, I hope you have uh, a great rest of the week. I uh, hope you enjoyed this little coaching carousel uh, little deal that we did here. Uh, always enjoy getting to visit with you. Thank you for all of our listeners in all of our other nations. Please let us know. Drop me a line. You can catch me uh, at Donnie Copeland on X. 
and so catch me on there. I'd love to visit with you. Uh, our last sponsor also is Purpose Media Publishing. If you know someone, we just finished. I've got a new book that we're doing right now. At several, actually. I think we've got three, four, uh, three that we are uh, in, in different processes with a couple, three of those. Uh, and maybe four. But anyway... A uh, fascinating book that a lady is writing on a very sensitive subject. Uh, and, and I'll tell you more about it later because I don't want to worry you out with this. But we were able to take that book, ghost write an allegory uh, of a very sensitive subject. Uh, and, and I'll tell you more about that later, why we had to do it that way. Uh, but it's so rewarding. And, and to see these, we're working actually on a, another children's book. We just finished children's book. Listen, if you always had a children's book you want to write and just never have done it, uh, you know, get, uh, uh, let us know. Go to PurposeMediaPublishing.com. Uh, what a wonderful Christmas gift uh, for a spouse or for someone very special to you. You can pay it out. Uh, our, our publishing packages are not cheap. They're $1,500. But you pay $100 down, $100 a month, and, and give somebody uh, a Christmas gift like they've never had before uh, and help them make a dream come true by being a published author. We'll get them fully published as electronic book or an e-book, and then we'll have everything ready and walk them through and actually hand them off to the press uh, people to, to have their book printed. Uh, and we've got ways where you don't have to print a thousand books or even a hundred books. You can print two or three books at a time. So uh, any budget will work with you in any way. PurposeMediaPublishing.com, PurposeMediaPublishing.com, uh, RedRiverAuto.com, and then MyPillow.com. Don't forget, don't forget to use the promo code RED. Hey, man, it's been great. You pill heads, I thank uh, you for listening. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. God bless you. And uh, I will talk at you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. Sports plus news done right. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Red Pill Plus and check the website at docwashburn.com slash redpill. <laughs> <laughs>